that you forgot about? Oh, I know. Oh, I found, uh, I was like cleaning my fridge ever so, I was more adjusting it. Uh-huh. And I found basically a whole six pack of uh, Hot Valley that oh, nice. I just, I, I like tucked away in the back of like, cause I didn't have any shelf space. A little cryo stash, little, stashed yeah, away if you will. Stash, stashed away. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I get a free six pack. <laughs> Oh, hashtag first world problems. Welcome to Talking <laughs> Heads, everyone. Episode 191, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form on the replay over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, and usually some Star Trek. We do drink alcohol on this show, and if you are drinking along with us, feel free to drop what you're drinking in the chat, and we'll give some shout-outs as we go along. All Super Chats are read on the air, so long as they are appropriate and will not demonetize me, and I feel like it and see them. (laughs) (laughs) And if you'd like to join the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Floatplane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you can get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the party going with the awesome and ever-growing community that's hanging out there. That's true. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back on my game after last week. I was totally not on my game. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Okay. And we I... live. Thank you, Rev. Yes, we are. And we're on time. Uh, well, barely, too. <laughs> I had mic problems. It was 8.00 when I hit go live, so <laughs> not my problem if... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, let's see. What's happening in chat today? Uh, new cam for John, looking clear. No, he's just zoomed in slightly, and he's got a little bit more dramatic lighting going on tonight. Yeah. It looks good. It looks good. I, I actually took time. I was like, oh, you know, uh, my son's busy. I'll go. I'll try to set up. And, yeah. and then, like, I didn't test the audio. And my microphone, my battery was dead. (laughs) (laughs) And then trying to replace it, I broke my clip. And it was just so, yay, good lighting. And then my audio, well, I got to go get a new clip. (laughs) Yep. But yes, we did start on time. uh, As much as John's best efforts tried to to break that. I I tried to do the the John intro, the John uh, talking head day. (laughs) Rev, Jeff is looking too real, LOL. I, I know what I'm about, son. That's <laughs> kind of <laughs> what this is uh, becoming. Uh, Skull drinking a Surly Furious. Ooh, Ooh very good. Novella Hub is busting on something big with a 2021 Waldo oh, special. Oh, yes. Piece. Going Fantastic. big right away. Uh, Magic's got a Redemption Bourbon. I do have uh, a little Redemption Rye up on my shelf, I think. Or did I finish that bottle off? I might have finished that one off. I thought I had some redemption, but all I'm seeing is my resignation rye. So I think I finished my redemption. I gotta get some more rye stuff. I'm all out. Alex says hello from Vegas. Hello, Alex. Five on black. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Let's see. Emma had a mosaic IPA. Uh, Been liking 6.75%. Moving to a basic ice-cold lawnmower beer. Nothing wrong with a lawnmower beer. Nothing wrong with that. Especially in July. And mosaic. Yep. 
Uh, let's see. Diet Pepsi. Nothing wrong with a Diet Pepsi. That's right. Had a, had a Gatorade before the show, so I'm feeling had frisky. Nice, had a nice pint of water. I was I was roughing it. <laughs> Man, <laughs> not not even spiked, just water. No, just water. Come on, John. Pure... You gotta you gotta get on that seltzer craze. Is that yeah? Well, actually, I do. I I usually keep five gallons and we're empty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into what we are drinking tonight. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us off tonight because I never do. Might as well. (laughs) Uh, From Level Brewing up here in Portland, uh, this is a local favorite of mine. This is the Game On with the the Mario 1-1 can art, which I'm very surprised they have not received a C&D before because there are clearly some lifted textures oh yes i think i even did a review on that a long time when it first came out yeah i i don't know if i've ever had this one or if i ended up cutting that video because i know there was at least one level beer that i only bought one can of and then i filmed a video and ended up not using that video Ah. uh and this one might have been it but anyway this is a uh a juicy uh big juicy citrus hop 6.5 percent uh, and then this one, I'm not sure if you've seen yet, uh, but mm. from, uh, I always forget where, Iron Horse, that's right. You know Iron Horse Brewery. Yes. One of our favorite beers in the uh, Quilter's Irish Death. Uh, yes. This is another variant that I had not seen before. This is the Aloha Death. Oh, yes, I have had have that Have you one. had that? Okay. I had, I do like that one. Yeah, so this one, this one caught my eye because it's got some coconut in it. Uh, and uh, mixed in with their their Irish death. So that one could be pretty good. And then had to go a little bit bigger, a little bit darker. Not too big, though. From Block 15 down in Corvallis, Oregon. Mm. Uh, This is Love Potion number nine. Oh, yes. Very good one. uh, Chocolate raspberry stout. Kind of a lighter bodied stout at 7%, but uh, should be just with the doctor order to finish things up with. Yep. Uh, I don't really know what my second beers will be, but uh, I'm going to go with, I, I found this in the back of my fridge. It is Toppling Goliath Cherry Fandango. It is a uh, kettled sour mm. cherry pie <laughs> theme. So basically just uh, crushed cherry pie, yeah. cinnamon, uh, and some vanilla, all in a kettle sour. So nice. that's supposed to give you that cherry pie flavor. That sounds really, really good. Or in a beer could be really, really terrible. So yes. now and toppling Goliath, I have high hopes. Yes. I have very uh, high hopes for that one. Nice and warm in my garage. So I was looking for something nice, easy to drink. Ooh, that's a nice color too. Oh yeah. Like blood red. Yep. Not quite clear, not quite opaque on the uh Ooh, wow. the game on here. That is a lot <laughs> sweeter than I was expecting. Yeah. That is, um, that's a Jolly Rancher. Wow. I mean, that's really good. I don't know. I don't, that actually does taste like cherry pie feeling, filling more. It's really good, but I think it's almost too sweet yeah. for 16 ounces. I'm not crazy. My, my producer's in here stealing glassware. <laughs> I thought I heard some bottles too. He's like, these are mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I need a pint glass. <laughs> uh, no, I. That's that's always the worry when you get into those those pie cherries. 
is especially when you lean kettle sour yes. is they can be so overbearingly sour sour that it doesn't matter what happens with the rest of it uh it's just a bad beer and steve and i were actually talking about that last week with cherries um but uh leaning too sweet is not what i expected out of that one no i didn't either i was actually expecting okay this is gonna be tart and it's going to be you know kind of pie-esque yeah get a this little taste... little cinnamon nutmeg kind of thing in yeah, the back I, and... and you kind of do get a little bit of that mm -hmm. cinnamon in it uh no real vanilla but um it kind of reminds me of the. Do you remember the old McDonald's cherry pies? Oh yeah. It, it it tastes like a beer of that. Yeah. Like so, it has that artificial cherryness. You know, okay. whatever that jelly they use. I don't um, not like that. No, I don't not <laughs> like that either. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's good. I probably wouldn't purposely order a pint of eight ounces of this. Will be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um. But it, I think more of like the Frambrosia raspberry style to where that's sweet and tart. Yeah. You know, that's how this is, but with, with cherry. So it's nice. Yeah. I, I I would buy it again, but I would probably open it with someone to be like, oh, experience this with you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, a little bit better look at the can art for those who didn't get it. Um, I only have one light on today, so it's, it's a little harsh in the front. But uh, yeah, uh, I... Especially in this block texture, I know that's lifted straight out of SMB. So, oh, I, what about the clouds too? Uh, the the clouds? clouds, no, those actually have some depth to them. They're they're more okay. than just two colors, and so those oh, I say the clouds slash bushes. Yeah, so those are custom sprites. Um, it does say World One One right there, uh, so they might be in trouble. But it's it's the same exact uh, header layout. So you've got your uh, score, your coin count. In this case, it's pints, uh, World One One, and then your time. Uh, now, the Mario dude is not lifted. That is a, an original design. And the bushes are not lifted. But that, that block texture, that's straight up cave level. <laughs> so, but pretty decent beer. Um, oh, little, yeah. I did, I did it way back in 2018. Yeah. A uh, little bit more grassy than than citrus bomb juice. Like, I was, I was hoping this one would be a little bit juicier and sweeter. Uh, and it's not that it's a bad Northwest IPA. It's just not quite, I think, what they were aiming for, especially when their description says a big, juicy citrus hop aroma with lots of hop flavor and moderate bitterness. Balanced with a smooth malt backbone. It's almost the inverse of that. It starts a little sweeter and then gets hoppier as the beer gets on, and then you're left with that drying hop bitterness, not a sweet malt back end. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, the person who probably writes the description of beers, mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> they probably have to hire someone specifically just for that. All right, I'm how sure. do I describe this beer? Um, yeah. See, yeah, that's a good word, you know. Yeah, there, but, like, but this is nothing like yeah, what the can proclaims it to be, which means I, immediately, if that's what they were trying for, it, it's a 2.5 on untapped. Like, it's drinkable, but it's not what the can said. I think it gets, like, a 3.75. It's, it's a, like I said, it's a pretty good Northwest-style IPA, um, or West Coast-style IPA. I guess you can, you can kind of compare it to, like, a Stone or Sierra, Sierra Nevada Pale. It's kind of of that lineage. Uh, but it's definitely not a juice bomb. <laughs> That's no, kind of what no. they're advertising no, it as being. I know. 
I mean, maybe it's juicy in comparison to like say just a standard pale ale. Yeah, it gets a three seven five. Okay, yeah. So, rating unbiasedly for- without the knowledge of that, I'd say that's a pretty fair rating. Like, it's a good drinkable beer. Yeah. I, I well I think this is when it came out because this was one of their first beers to come out. Mm-hmm. I think this was like their flagship IPA. Yeah. And so um I think it even might even have like the highest number of ratings on it. Yeah, this is one of their first beers that I remember drinking. Yeah. So Yeah, it was like that and Let's Play, which kind of looked like Pac-Man. Yeah. Um it, it is one of their higher, like, the it's their second most rate, reviewed beer. Okay, so. yeah. So, yeah. Yep, that sounds accurate. So. Oh, I'm totally out of So, anytime I move my hand. <laughs> yeah, anytime you move your hand in front, it's, it's jumping forward and then sliding back. It's, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> All right. We are about, what, 15 minutes in? Let's go ahead and get to the news. Uh, So first off tonight is a lawsuit against Google uh, has been allowed to proceed by a U.S. judge. Uh, So U.S. District Court in California, uh, Judge Judge Beth Labson Freeman uh, said that a... Uh, they're trying to get class action status on this lawsuit, but it's basically a combined lawsuit from a number of California residents. They're also trying to get this as a federal class action lawsuit against Google. Uh, And that is because Google is, I'm going to say the word allegedly here because nothing's been proven yet. This is simply a complaint that's uh, being lodged against Google. Uh, Violating your privacy by listening into your conversations and delivering targeted advertisements based off of, uh, what did they they say? Uh, False accepts on the phrase, okay, activate said smartphone. Um, Trying not to activate anyone's phones right now. Uh, But disable it if you have it on. Uh, (laughs) Hey, sorry. Oh, like that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the lawsuit alleges that something that anecdotally, I think a lot of us have suspected for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know I certainly have. Uh, so you ever been walking through the, the department store with your significant other and, and you say something to, to the effect of, uh, you know, our lawnmower was starting to go out. You know, I, I've been thinking about you know, getting a replacement and, you know, and you happen to be at Sears or you happen to be at, you know, when Sears was around uh, or you happen to be at Home Depot. Depot or, yeah. And and you mentioned lawnmower. And then you get home and you log in to your regular round of websites to do your, your daily news and whatnot. And you log into uh, Facebook or, or Facebook. Gmail or whatever. And yeah. all of a sudden there's a Husqvarna ad presented yeah. to you which says riding lawnmowers now on sale save three hundred dollars and you're like hmm, hmm. i've never what once coincidence i've never <laughs> once seen a lawnmower advertisement ever until just three hours ago <laughs> i was talking to my wife about how we might need a new lawnmower and i didn't even google search it yet right haven't google searched it haven't even begun my investigation other than mentions it offhand to someone I was speaking in real life to. 
Yes. No text has taken place in any of this. We've all experienced it. Oh, yeah. We, we've all anecdotally seen that at least a couple of times. Uh, even with, you know, voice assistant turned off. I think we've all experienced that. Yes. So is Google that in tune to my daily life? Probably. But also, are they cheating at it? And that's kind of what this lawsuit alleges. Uh, the lawsuit is not necessarily for the targeted advertisements. It's that private conversations that initiate uh, the voice assistant are not privy to or should not be legally allowed to listen in and direct targeted advertisements based off of false positive accepts from the voice assistant. So if I didn't say, okay, activate voice assistant, okay, computer, uh, <laughs> hello, computer, hello, computer. Uh, that Google is not privy to that conversation and it's akin to wiretapping. No, I, <laughs> now, now, see, when I read this, I thought easy, easy solution. Mm -hmm. We all need com badges. Boom. Yeah. I, I, boom, boom. Oh, that, that's, that's the signal to turn it on. Yeah. And we, I mean, that's just, why not? Right. We saw it work before. Right. Um, better yet, I want Google Glass to be a thing so I can just tap my glasses when I want to you know, interact with my, my smartphone. Yeah, let's just make a, a, a visor that goes around our eyes, you know, maybe with some, like, gold lines. Were you were you <laughs> peeking at, at level 17 today? <laughs> of course not, Jeff. Of course not, yeah. Uh, so sneak peek to those not in the Discord server. Uh, I'm building myself Jordy's visor off, off Star Trek. I know it's a terrible picture. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm building myself a, a 3d printed visor. In fact, you can, you, if you listen carefully, you might be able to hear my 3d printer whirring in the background. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my second larger projects that I'm trying to do. Uh, first one, or I guess this is like the third, like major endeavor print that I'm trying to, to dive into. Uh, first one, I can't reveal because it's going to be a project on a video. Second one, I also can't reveal because those are going to people that I know uh, that don't know they're coming yet. Third one was actually something functional in a fan shroud for a passive Tesla card. So I needed a solution to get get uh, my Tesla card cooled and found the model on uh, Thingiverse and went sweet and printed it out <laughs> in resin and it is freaking awesome. Like it, that printer is dialed in. Uh, and then now I'm printing Jordy's visor because I can. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to print. So I guess I'll print something fun because I think this is in, gonna end up being like a 12 hour total print job. And then there's still a lot of finishing work to do with it because I need to bind all the parts together and body fill it. And um, this is a pretty complex, it, yep. yeah. Yeah, this one's a pretty complex endeavor, so. No, I, I was looking forward to that. I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Great, let him let him figure it out. Now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Now see that, now what you need to do is retrofit it around like have it be able to hold Google Glass inside of there. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that's what you're already doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I may already be coming up with plans uh, to integrate uh, like a screen and a camera so I could oh like live view infrared so it could be it like infrared so, goggles. It's so stupid how much we think alike with stupid stuff. You know what I really need? I need a FLIR camera on it. <laughs> so I could just look in he at heat signatures. Yes, that would be great. Right? Oh. Uh, that would be funny. Mm -hmm. And then we we could you could send the feed out, but have it look like it's coming from a Klingon view screen. Yeah, totally could. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yes, this this uh, class action lawsuit or whatever it's not technically a class action lawsuit. Mm -hmm. It is um, interesting because if the more and more you dive into this and stories like this, there are some interesting stories that come out of because technically i think some of these it might be the google one even there's a story of it called the police uh on some people because it was listening and it had a false positive right um you know it's stuff like that that how convenient are these things actually in your life how much are these devices actually listening to us um personally i other than my phone i don't have any of these um for this reason honestly uh, i just don't want it listening to me all the time don't really need it to um <laughs> and if i did i would probably constantly spat out like you know i know you're listening to me every yeah. like 50 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i know you're there yep you yeah I, I always try to to uh throw the fbi agents off like hi steve yeah. hi tom <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. Same time? <laughs> Same time. Night, y'all. What are we drinking, guys? All right, cool. <laughs> hey, yeah. Van, 327. It's going to be an early morning, so best get, get, best get some shut-eye, you know? <laughs> you guys want to get the lights for me, or should I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, RCT, hey, Hyper-V GPU P tutorial coming anytime soon. Number one, I said it was coming soon. And number two, do you know how freaking long it took not only to write, but also produce and edit that 45-minute tutorial I just posted on Monday? Freaking hell, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jeff, get on it. I know. Dance, monkey. <laughs> great, that was great 40 minutes. Where's the next one? I want it now. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> I said it was coming. It'll probably be here next week because it's a it's a much simpler and shorter tutorial, thankfully. But uh, yeah, give me a break. Let me breathe. Sheesh. I'm kidding. Thank you for being here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got one more. Uh, well, two more big stories to get to, I guess. Uh, let's go ahead and hit this one. All uh, right. So, I I kind of said as much about two weeks ago, and I think Paul's hardware's been on kind of the same wavelength as me because I believe it was his probing Paul a couple of weeks ago uh, that he goes, there's hope, hashtag, you know, a new hope kind of thing on the horizon with GPU prices. Uh now, a couple of things happened in the last couple of weeks. Number one, uh, I've started to see bulk cards for sale on various websites. 
not one-offs from, from individuals who happened to buy a single 3070 Ti from Best Buy and, you know, I bought it a week ago and here's the receipt kind of thing. But here's a 3070 for sale. I have 12 of them. I'm starting to see listings like that. Yeah. Uh, which means the prices aren't coming down yet, but people are starting to bail. Uh, thing number two that I've seen is cards are starting to show up on retail shelves. Now, they're still at vastly inf inflated prices because of uh, shipping and logistics costs that have, that have massively gone through the roof because of third-party distributors, even secondary to the uh, board partners that they might work with that are jacking up prices because they go, hey, if I can sell the retailer $1,500 for this card when I bought it from the board partner for $550 and it's supposed to sell for $650, I might as well because supply and demand, Best Buy's got to get their cards. Um, and then Best Buy has no no choice but to sell it at, you know, 1800 or 2000 So it, it's been a compounded problem with the whole supply chain for quite some time. Uh, but cards are starting to show back up on retail shelves. Again, albeit for inflated prices. Yeah, uh, they're there if you want to pay it. Right. Uh, we're also starting to see on... Oh, come on. <laughs> I had the same thing happen to mine. I literally just flat... Like, I was looking at the preview, and I clicked on the preview, and uh, and then it jumped to the ad. It's like, come on. Anyway, uh, Chinese crypto miners are starting to dump their GPUs on the secondhand markets in China. Um, so, uh, yeah. Here's uh, 3060 for 1,761, uh, eight gigabyte cards, eight gigabyte and 16 gigabyte cards, uh, and 2,200 to 2,899 won. So here's a whole listing of those. Here's 6850 for 3060s. And the list goes on and on. So yeah. yes, uh, there is some reprieve, hopefully, on the very new near horizon. Uh, GPU drop began earlier than expected. Actually, most people predicted mid-July. And uh, I wouldn't have said mid-July six weeks ago, but as of two weeks ago, I started to say, I think mid-July to August 1st, we should start seeing cards back down at least near retail prices, if not for retail prices. It's gonna take some time for the supply chain to readjust uh, as cards become available and as demand starts to be met. Because remember, demand is also through the roof. So even if cards start showing up on retail shelves, as soon as they drop the price back down to maybe even 10% above what they should yeah. be selling for, they're still gonna fly off the shelves. And, well, yeah, because there's still gonna be scalpers at that time. Right. And, and people who just want them. Right. And, and there's also going to be people who didn't realize the scalper market isn't still a thing. And and I'm, I'm seeing this quite a few uh, times on eBay because I, I peruse eBay, like, I'd say daily, but that's a lie. No, it's like three times a day. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Hourly, a, by quarter. Yeah. Plus, I have, like, targeted searches and, and I get notifications for when things show up and whatnot. I'm still seeing, like, 3090s being listed at 3,500 by it now. It's like... That was even ridiculous two months ago. Uh, like, 2800 okay, maybe. Uh, 
you know, probably 2,500 is a lot more realistic today. And that's if you have a, you know, a board partner card, like, you know, one of those Zotac triple thick, you know, beasts or something like that. Those would be, I hate to say worth, but kind of worth that money. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you also have to have that kind of money to drop that for right. that worth. Is it really that worth it for you? Probably right. not. If you can wait a couple months, you know, then you'll be much happier. Well, I bought one, but <laughs> <laughs> but I did it in a very specific way. Um, oh, I still choked on it. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Um, I bought a thirty ninety at eBay at scalper prices, but. It's because I sold my 7150X2s that I bought for $330 a piece. So I sold them for, I bought them for basically $1,000. I sold them for $2,875. So you got the card basically nothing. So I got the card for like $1,000. $1,000, yeah. (laughs) So uh, minus the 300 in seller fees. Uh, But I sold a couple other little things to, to make up that difference. So yeah, I got the card for what I paid for my 7150X2s a year ago. Yeah. So, so basically you paid maybe 300 bucks, 250 above board. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. actually below because yeah. that card's a $1,500 card. How about a Founders Edition? Oh, then yeah. So then you actually got a deal. Right. The way, the way it worked out. Right. Yeah. Now, I could have hodled uh, for, uh, for two months and gone and bought a Founders Edition card for, you know, 1700 instead of 28 But I wanted to do this project now. And I wanted to do a couple of things with the card now. And I've actually been less than happy with my 6900 XT as a content creator video card. Um, mm. There's been a number of problems that I've had with it. And I'm probably going to make a video about it. Uh, that I spent $1,700 on that card. Now, it should be a $1,000 card because I, I also bought a reference edition uh, 6900 XT. But I had to trade it out because I was having so many little issues with it. Um, Nothing, I think, that would sway a gamer from buying it. And in fact, it's probably still one of the best bangs for the buck as far as gamer cards go. Uh, So it was like more video editing? Video editing issues, video rendering issues, Mm. um, things like that, where it was causing me such grief with uh, Adobe Premiere in particular. Uh, that I had to abandon it. So, nah, nah. and I'm sorry, first world problems. I wasn't going to go back to my 2080. Like, come on. Oh, yes. Come oh. on. Oh, you live such a hard life, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I suffer for my craft, John. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, uh, GPU prices are finally kind of on the mend and hopefully sometime soon you'll be able to actually buy one. Yeah, so hopefully toward eh, mid-summer, beginning mid-ish summer, yeah. and then maybe even beginning of fall, we'll still, retail prices will actually be what the stores are selling it for, hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. Hope so. Hope so. That's well, I'm 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 still waiting till the winter. I'll probably wait till like Christmas time. Yep. Then I'll then I'll take a yep. look. Because you got a couple cards to upgrade, don't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. I might even just be like, all right, I'm gonna go find me a, a 20 series. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially for like your arcade system, to get like a a 1660 or a 1660 yes. Super or something like that. Like you don't need balls to the wall performance out there. But 
the R9-270 is not going to do you much good for much longer. No. No, it's not. I was actually thinking about that the other day. Mm -hmm. I might be able to do a permanent loan on a card, John. <laughs> if you ask nicely. Uh-huh. Well, uh -huh. I was actually thinking about retrofitting uh, like a keg tap in, in there. I was really thinking about making a video about like finishing yeah. the design and then putting a mini, like a two and a half gallon keg yeah, uh, refrigerator unit or something into the in side there, of your cabinet. Into the side of the cabinet. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. All right. Speaking of uh, adding taps to things, we do have a video sponsor today. Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest in hardware, power, cooling, or even the space, see the server rack that sits out in my garage, why not let Linode host them for you? Because if it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials you see on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 graphics cards for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode as an offsite backup. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing to get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing, and thanks to them again for sponsoring today's video. I'm kind of surprised you don't have that audio on, like, pre-recorded so you can just hit go. I want to do it as a live read. Right. They do That's it on fun. the radio, like, they do it on the radio all the time, so why can't I do live reads? So I know it would give me a chance to breathe and, and have a drink, but I think live reads are more effective. Right. And and I think I can you, you, I think, think I can charge a higher in, price in, for live reads. Endearing too. Like the, I think it is. Yeah. You know, who doesn't like hearing me stumble over cloud-based <laughs> Plex server every single freaking time? Like I wrote the ad. Do you think I would I would at this point modify it? Like, cloud-based yeah, Plex just. server. It's either cloud-based or cloud-based PEX. It's like I either yes. add or drop an L. Cloud-based PEX server. Hey, bet you, bet you didn't go. know you needed one of those. Where all your push-ups and bench presses go. Yep. Anyway, visit Linode.com. Great sponsor of the show. And again, seriously, thank you to them for sponsoring. Because John needs more beer in his fridge. I do. I'm already. I'm. I'm. I'm finding new ones all the time, and that means <laughs> I'm running out of good treasures to find. Yes. Oh. All right, and that brings us to uh, how you doing? Is yours a twelve or is yours more? Mine's. A, mine's a sixteen. Okay, you got a sixteen. Okay. Uh, I'll probably snag one in a little bit. It's. It's. It is easy to drink. It is a little sweet, but it is easy to drink. Okay. That's good. I'm going to polish this one off and then open my next one, and then we can get into uh, the the title story from today. Yes. Something that uh, I was actually intrigued by. Uh, I didn't get to read all of it, but I do mm -hmm. know the program. I am very mm -hmm. familiar with this program. I use uh, Audacity in daily work. Like, Yeah. No, uh, I have used Audacity ever since high school mm -hmm. uh, from basically this is one of the first music recording softwares I've ever used. 
So we're opening up the uh, Iron Horse Brewery Aloha Death. This is a 6.5% coconut-infused Quilter's Irish Death. Yes. Which you and I both love the standard Irish Death. I think pretty much everyone oh, on, the, on the show does. You know how we always say coconut is one of those hardest flavors to keep in a beer? Yep. Holy crap. You either, you either get it right or you get it wrong. I have had pina coladas with less with less coconut on the nose than this. Wow. That's like that's like almond joy levels of of coconut. Oh, and it continues all the way through. Oh, that's yummy. No, it gets better even as it warms up, I think. That that is a I, good beer. <laughs> I liked that one better than the peanut butter one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the peanut butter just wasn't peanut buttery enough. No, like, because you're I was sitting there wanting it to be like a Reese's peanut butter cup, and it's just like eh, what it I was get a little roasty. It was like the LaCroix of a peanut buster parfait. Yeah. It, it was it was like may have been in a Dairy Queen and seen a peanut buster parfait at some point. Like it was like this roasted dark chocolate peanut flavor, but way, way as an afterthought. Yeah, it was like they put the the peanut like skin, that thin layer of yes. skin. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's what I got in this. I didn't get the peanut. I got this little mm -hmm. greasy part that you're like, I think that's Yeah, you peanut. got the oil and you're going. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what you got. You're like, okay, I, I guess some people could like this. No, that one I liked. And it's a, it's a cheap price, too. I think yes. it's only like uh, two bucks or under two bucks a can, something like that. Uh, Yeah, thereabouts. I think this was nine bucks for a six pack or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, right about that. That $2 so, mark. Yeah, really nice. Uh a dark beer the body's not too thick it's not a bourbon barrel aged beer so right. it's it's nice easy to drink that one is another great one to have with like you know some nice beef or stew or something like that but oh, yeah. it is tropical so mm -hmm. maybe actually you know what do you I wonder for like some some seafood and like shrimp or something uh you know some the shrimp coconut. would probably go really well yeah so shrimp, you could, it would complement it but it would be interesting because of a i don't really particularly think of stout with fish no um but technically this is just a a dark ale um mm -hmm. it's it's a 6.5 percent. it's it's actually fairly light bodied for a dark beer it's very light bar yeah, um body. but uh yeah no i i can see shrimp going really well with this which seafood is not normally one that you pair with a dark beer uh, no. seafood is usually pilsner or kolsch or something, yeah, something like that. very light and bubbly yeah. and crisp yeah uh i love Kolsch with a good like fish taco or something like that. Yes, that would work good. That, that's that's my go-to. But but no, I I could see shrimp working with this. Maybe some clam chowder. Maybe. Yeah. The creaminess, coconut could mm -hmm. work. The darkness and creaminess could work all together. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Dang it! Now I'm wanting clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> I want coconut shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, moving on to the story that people already called as uh, potentially being clickbait. However, I'm going to, to stop some of you right there. Do you know the reason that clickable titles exist? It's so you will click on the title and hopefully get the full story. 
The reason the title of today's episode of Talking Heads, episode 191, says Audacity is spying on you is because that's all I've been reading for the last week. <laughs> and quite honestly, it's not true. <laughs> so yes, it was clickbait, but it was clickbait based off false uh, titles and articles that had been published and published in false pretenses. And I want you to come here and get the actual story which is not much of a story. <laughs> yes, basically it's not true. So, let's <laughs> go in. It's not Norton VPN <laughs> right. or Norton, Norton uh, antivirus. Right, it's, yeah, this isn't Norton or, or Symantec or anything like that trying to, you know, un underhand you and sell all your data to, to you know, foreign nations or anything like that. So, uh, FOSPost, freeopensourcesoftwarepost.org, posted this article on July 6th. So, yesterday, as it were. Uh, Audacity is now possible spyware. Remove it as soon as possible. Um, kind of a grabby headline, right? Okay, well, let's go, go down their accusations here. Uh, that a couple of months ago, a company called Muse Group purchased... Uh, audacity from the previous owners uh and this this group happens to be russian national they are a russian group okay so let's get that out of the way uh they have an updated privacy policy that they actually posted two months ago and went through discussions with the free and open source community about what was acceptable for for privacy issues and data collection and everything like that. Here is from that that privacy post what they collect. App analysis for improving our apps, which includes operating system version, user country based on IP address. So that is your your root ISP IP address, not your well, I guess yes, your personal IP address, but they're looking for the country of origin in your uh in, in your IP address, not necessarily your IP address itself. Uh, OS name and version, so Windows 11, so, the previous yeah. beta, that was illegal. Uh, your CPU, non-fatal uh, error codes and messages, so any dialog boxes that pop up that are non-fatal crashes, uh, and crash reports in the form of the brake pad mini dump format, which is a standardized format for breaking down crash codes. Uh, memory dumps, that kind of thing. Uh, legal grounds, uh, legal grounds for processing this data. Legitimate interest of WSM Group to offer and ensure proper functionality of the app. So, what operating system are you on? What country are you in? And why did the app crash? That's what they're collecting. Not really a smoking gun to be had there. Well, let's go down to the for legal enforcement. Data necessary for law enforcement litigation and authorities requests, if any. That is subpoenaable information uh, that you are in the possession of or in production of, uh, shall we say, very much so illicit material in every single state nation. Uh, and that is for legitimate interest of WSM Group to defend its legal rights and interests. Uh, so it's not even if you're producing anything, it's if you're producing anything that's against the WSM Group. 
which is the owner of Audacity. What are they not collecting? Everything else. Okay. So the problem with this article is they say, who does Audacity share your personal data with? We may disclose personal data listed above your hashed IP address to the following categories of recipients, our staff members, any competent law enforcement body, our auditors, advisors, legal representatives, or similar agents, or to a potential buyer. Now here's the deal. Potential buyer is a very specific term in legalese. Potential buyer is not someone wanting to purchase your personally identifiable information. It's not what that means. Potential buyer is a potential buyer of Audacity, the software suite, yes, period. Company. Just like Muse Group just purchased, or WSM Group just purchased Audacity from Muse Group, uh, so might WSM want to sell off Audacity as an ownership item to another company, which means they'd be allowed to share your personal use information as it pertains to Audacity with a third-party purchaser of the company, of the of the software title, not Google. Yeah, not some random <laughs> not ad. Not Facebook, not ad providers. Not That's not what that means. And so the internet has been in an uproar for about the last week because someone read through this and went, oh my God, they're going to skim your your personally identifiable information and sell it to third parties and potential buyers of your information well they probably saw they they're gonna get your ip address and where your location's at yeah. and then they got access to your cpu uh, uh, uh. Yeah. that's pretty much probably what listen they're doing. to everything they can take your, your os which by the way if you've ever visited any website ever your os that. name and version is already in the header of the html that you submit or of your packet request uh, so they know what website to deliver you, whether it's the mobile variant or the desktop variant or the iPad variant or whatever. It's already in the header. Your IP address, guess what? If you visited any I, any website ever, they already have your IP address, or at least the IP address that they need to forward down the chain to get to your IP address. They know geographically where you're at already, which is why you see, you know, you know hot MILFs in lower Earth <laughs> orbit ready, you know, ready for you. We're, we're, to quote I XKCD, get, I always get ones that say that, that are not in your, that are not interested in you. Kind of weird. Oh, you mean everyone else? <laughs> it's just like your neighbor who's attractive is not interested in you. <laughs> ha ha ha. What I always found funny is uh, uh, there's 300 and some odd people near you who are using this app and looking for love tonight, kind of thing. Oh yeah, and it's like. The town I live in, that's like more than half the population. <laughs> I no. seriously doubt it. <laughs> it is not that lonely on the streets of my former town, let me tell you that much. No, it is not. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the exact statement used for to a potential buyer was to a potential buyer and its agents and advisors, which means any law firm or marketing agency or whatever working in the respect and request of a potential buyer uh, 
in connection with any proposed purchase, merger, or acquisition of any part of our business, provided that we inform the buyer it must use your personal data only for the purposes disclosed in this notice. There's even in the same flippin' sentence an addendum that John just died. Uh, I think he probably unplugged his uh, iPad or his uh, laptop. What? Uh, ah. your, your camera's off, buddy. What? I wonder if it overheated. Um, there's an addendum literally in the same sentence that people were misinterpreting that says, we can share it with potential purchasers of a section of our business, uh, provided that they use your personal data oh. only for the purposes disclosed within this this whole notice. Uh, <laughs> and so... The fact that the free and open source post.org posted this article is tantamount to tantamount, excuse me, to slander of audacity. It really is because there is nothing in this this uh, user agreement, personal privacy agreement, that is audacious, shall we say? Uh, let alone even makes me raise an eyebrow. Uh, uh, remember, Russian companies are completely cool when it comes to software. Uh, yeah, but the free and open source community is pretty darn good about checking the source code to make sure that everything that they're collecting is actually what they say they're collecting and nothing more. Like there's an aspect to being free and open source and what data is collected and what methods is it, are, are they sent that is kind of open to the public as an open source source. Uh, secondly, uh, I had another point. Hold on, lost it. Where's it at? I'll get it. Hold on, open source. Uh, lost it, it'll come back. Uh, Ars Technica wrote a fantastic rebuttal about, no, Audacity is not spyware. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, right. Number one, the changes haven't even been pushed to source yet. Number one, uh, because they're talking about this privacy policy change as a version 3.03. .03. You can only download the source and, and binaries and release for 3.02. This privacy policy isn't even in place yet. So it's not like they're going to push an update to your free open source software that was download only, no auto update mechanism in it to force you into a privacy policy that you disagree with that can data mine off of you. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the... Data collection is opt-in only, which can also be audited as being part of free and open source software. Uh, the only time that it is opt-out is if you compile from source yourself on, on your platform. If you go to GitHub or wherever this happens to be hosted and you download the source and you compile the source yourself, by default, it will have you opt into the data collection. However, it will also prompt you during the compilation if you want to opt out. And by default, the installer for the binaries 
is opt-in only. That's it. And again, there's nothing more open than open source software. And do you think this is not going to be vetted by the open source community? One of the most popular downloads of open source software that's on the, that's available right now in Audacity, the most used audio editor on the planet. Oh yeah. You don't think this is going to be audited and checked and, and verified for the privacy policy that they're sending out? Well, even so, too, you can then go to places and be like, oh, if you feel like, like you said earlier, you don't have to download this version. How many times can you go and find a old version of Audacity right. on there and just go, I need that one? It's not like the drivers are that constantly being updated to give you these all these amazing new features. I mean, it's still basically roughly the same program as it's been. Right. So you could probably go get version 1.1 and be like, yeah, this still works for me. It's great. So I need half the time people just use it for MP3 conversions, you know? Uh, let's see. Jim asks me how much liquor I have. Uh, well, let me just pan stage right a lot. And then there's the two fridges he has. Well, that's lit, not beer. But. Yeah. So, so this is just the beer fridge, which is a, uh, the whole thing, including the freezer is a 5.9 cubic foot. I want to say, uh, the, the fridge space is like four cubic foot by itself. Uh, so there's a lot of space in there and it is 100% packed with cans. Uh, I have another fridge out in the garage, which is a 13 and a half cubic foot. Uh, now, Again, like four cubic foot of that is the fridge and and the other, you know, 11 feet of that is, is or the four cubic feet is the freezer. The other 11 cubic feet is the fridge. Um, the fridge is jam-packed full of cans, <laughs> <laughs> much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, she's not all that happy that our secondary fridge out in the garage has become my secondary beer fridge only because it was supposed to be for like, the extra eggs and milk and stuff like that that we bought from Costco um, or the meat that we were thawing out mm -hmm. or whatever else. And now it's just like, hmm, this is the three cans of beer I need to grab for Talking Heads. I thought you had beer in your office. Well, yeah, but I didn't want to drink those. Yeah, like, no, these are like the specialty ones I keep to like close to me. So right. I know these are my, these are my babies. Yeah, they're near and dear these, to my heart. Like they, These are like cousins. It's like I'll visit them every now and then. Like once mm -hmm. a week, I'll see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love you guys, but uh, you're you're not welcome inside. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's hang out once a week. I'll drink you. Yep. Ah, uh, all right. You about ready for your second beer? Yes, I am. Close? I, all right. I am uh, gonna go a bit big, but mm. I am gonna go uh, coconut just as you did. Mm. But I'm gonna go uh, speed uh, Ale Smith's Speedway Stout. It is their coffee. Oh, that's and the coffee coconut. one. Yeah. yeah, it's coffee and coconut. Nice. So, uh, twelve percent uh, Mostra coffee and coconut Imperial Stout special release. Twelve percent. Well, I feel weird that my heaviest beer was a seven percent tonight. <laughs> well, you also have three versus. I do have th well, two of them were twelves though. Yeah. Technically, your ounce counts are, are, will still be larger than mine. Yeah, but it still doesn't sit well with me, John. <laughs> you usually get the big beers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I sat there and, uh, again, kind of this was... Uh, so I figured I'd come down to your level for once. Ah, okay. That's what that is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's got a big coffee nose on it. The Speedway Stout, in general, is a great big imperial... Uh, I believe they're bourbon barrel-aged or a barrel of some kind. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Coffee being from from Brazil, Philippines. Oh, there's a bunch of different coffee in here. Okay, it's not it's not barrel aged. Uh, Patrick says, "Who needs eggs?" I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs eggs and two gallons of milk? Like, <laughs> I think we have three. Yeah, we usually keep about three on hand. Or that, that that two and a half or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my house, we drink like three different types of milk. And oh, so, yeah. Uh, so my wife is pretty much the only one who drinks like milk milk. And so we usually have at least a half gallon of milk, uh, usually 1%. Um, my youngest daughter, so a little bit, uh can't have dairy and so her and and neither can i very much like i'll still eat pizza and like super processed milks but i can't have just straight milk or ice cream or things like that uh so both her and i drink soy milk for just about everything uh and then i also usually have like a half gallon of coconut milk on uh, on hand because i like coconut milk for number for coffee is really good uh but have you ever tried it on like honey bunches of oats Ooh. Oh, you will live a new life. Let me tell you. That's an interesting thing. Yes. That would be nice and smooth. Yeah. So, so I, I do almond milk for a lot of different things. And I, I use almond milk for a lot of my cooking and, and things like that. But coconut milk on, on honey bunches of oats or, or shredded mini wheat or things like that. Oh, life changing. That, I, I have to try that. Life changing. I might have to go buy a little bit of coconut milk. Uh, and try that. I assume it's not the coconut milk that you know you get in the can, not the clear stuff. No, 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 no. No, uh, like no. This the, is like the the dairy alternative. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So go to your 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 milk section. Look for your milk alternative section, which has all the weird types of milk, like cashew yeah. and almond and whatnot. Grab yourself like like a pint of coconut milk. Okay. And just might... give it a shot. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Ooh, coconut honey bunches of oats? Exactly. Like, even in your brain, you're going, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I mean, you're sitting there thinking, it's got this, you got that sweet honeyness, you got some granola, and uh-huh. then you got coconut, mm-hmm. and a little bit of crunchy, you're like, oh, that does sound good. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that already not a flavored cereal? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, honey bunches of oat with coconut? Like, that was meant to be. Yeah, right? Why don't they put like little shreds of coconut in there? Yeah, but uh, but I know a lot of people that don't like coconut. I I know, and I I, I usually don't associate with them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, people I who probably, don't like pineapple on pizza. I was gonna, damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my show, dang it. <laughs> Hipster milk. Well, I have been drinking almond milk since long before it was cool. So. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say almond milk is the hipster milk. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess not cashew could be considered more 
No. It's the ultra hipster. Yeah, no, I, I've done cashew milk before too. Um, I don't like it nearly as much as, as almond milk. It's 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 much, much thicker uh, than, than almond milk is. So, Or you can be completely hipster and go unpasteurized cow milk. <laughs> yeah. That, that's true hipster. Uh, I think uh, my sister actually used to get that delivered to her house yeah. for a while. Uh, they lived in uh, Oregon City. And uh, it was a small little company. I think it was like a little hipster guy. Yeah. And they, they had the glass jars and everything, and they yep. deliver them did, to did you. Did he have the, uh, the, the full mustache? I, that I don't know. Yeah. I, I assume I, because he's trying to probably be well, mine's, mine's almost getting to the point where I could go full hipster. It's almost curling I know. here. <laughs> and then what you need to do is then you have to get like a leather apron as you're, you know, doing stuff. Yeah. Um, you can have your fedora still on. You have mm-hmm. a leather apron and, and have a pipe while you're working on a computer. And then, and then all your tools, they'll have to be old school, like a, a wooden mallet and a chisel. Uh-huh. You have, to, you have to do that on your computer to like undo stuff. Like when you're building a keyboard, putting it together, you have to yeah. use a mallet and um, a chisel. I'm actually fairly adept at using hand tools, uh, like chisels and hammers and things like that. Um, so I don't know if a lot of people remembered my Dishonored case mod that I did. That was, gosh, almost three years ago now for QuakeCon. Um I did that entirely without power tools. Like I did use a uh, uh, a jigsaw to cut out a big chunk of the case, but a lot of that was done with hand files and and things like that. And personally, it came out spectacular. Uh, like I loved that case, um, and it's actually down on the floor behind me right now. Uh, but that's kind of why 3d printing intrigues me and why I'm doing a lot of this stuff is because I like working with small hand tools and, and dremels and, and, you know, hand finishing a lot of things. Um, I love painting. I love, uh, maker type work. Uh, got every single episode of tested is always on within like 20 minutes. If it's posted here in my office. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I've said a number of times that if uh, I could go back and do any job for the rest of my life that I've already worked, it would be CNC machinist. Like, that's what I would go do. Uh, aside from doing what I do now, because I love what I do now. And maybe one day I'll, I'll get CNC machines back in my shop. <laughs> so. All right, guys, we're going to CNC a case today. Let's do this. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Like... I am very much a maker at heart. And if you uh, get a CNC machine, I want a giant Enterprise D. Okay. I want that. I you want, want the D? I, I want the D. I want the biggest D you could give me. Okay. Okay. Um how big is too big? <laughs> oh, as, as as long as I can fit it in my place, uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's on the roof, okay? Because <laughs> I got scale models that'll uh, we can hoist it above your garage. That'd be amazing. There we go. Oh no, we'll, we'll, we can take it to the farm and like put it on a tree and oh. suspend it from there. Oh heck yeah! And we can we can try to put it on like a zip line. <laughs> yep. Uh, Novella Hub says CNC machine in the new edition. Uh, you're darn right. Um. Yeah, so uh, I was originally, I'm planning a new addition to the house that will end up being my new studio and almost 900 square feet. And I figured out a way to eke out another 350 square feet for a shop. 
Uh, so I'm going to have like a 350 square foot makerspace and then the upper story of the makerspace will double as storage for craft computing. And so I'm going to have like 1500 square feet to just craft computing, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. <laughs> nope. Not jealous at all. Yep. <laughs> Who needs that? I got, I got a nice corner in my uninsulated garage. Yeah. Right. So much nicer. Oh, by the way, I'm also going to like way overspec the air conditioning for the shop as well. Uh, because, <laughs> because my servers are going to go in the shop because, uh, while they are okay in my garage, they still reach temperatures in the summer that I'm not too keen on. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. No, we will have air conditioning in the shop. And super, super insulated. And even more insulated, uh, mainly for sound, but also for, for heat in the, uh, the studio. So, hopefully, like, by next summer, I moved into that. Ooh. I believe... We have some beer news to get to. Yeah, we do have uh, one little bit. Um, it is uh, not a whole lot this week, but, you know, like I was asking you about the coffee, it, you obviously like coffee. I don't want to say coffee. I like it. I, I enjoy a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not like a huge espresso kind of guy. I got to have multiple cups. I usually have my standard 16-ounce for the morning. Gets me kind of going. It's more of a, now just routine habit it's not that i need it it's more just like oh I, I, I have to have my cup of coffee i am actually more of a tea person but my wife got me into just well she had she has coffee i all right brew brew an extra you know 16 ounces i'll take it mm -hmm. type of a thing and uh, well i am also a lover of ipas i'm a lover of big bold hoppy bitter ipas well, I guess there's a, a study out, uh, it's been a while, but it, it is out there, that apparently people who love beer, especially hoppy bitter ones, and coffee, well, we're probably psycho. Can confirm? No. <laughs> <laughs> a new yeah, study that's... associates taste preferences with personality traits. Yeah, I like it bitter, just like my soul. Yes. Oh. So basically, every hipster is a psycho. Well, that makes sense. Real, right? <laughs> <laughs> As I'm stating, it's like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, they're onto something there. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Again, something we already knew, like Google is uh, listening in on our conversations. <laughs> By the way, I guarantee I'm going to wake up in the morning to a lawnmower advertisement on one of my daily websites. Oh, probably. <laughs> Actually, I have been looking at a new lawnmower, so it's fine. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't wait to to go and see all these new lawnmowers from me. Like, yay! <sighs> but yeah, so uh, apparently, if you like uh, the taste of bitter in your mouth, uh, especially the straight black dark coffee, that, that's usually and... where I taste most things, John. Yes, but. Uh, your camera died again. No, it's plugged in. You, I you. don't know what to tell you. Ah. Except your camera died again. Most people who like bitter foods were likely to score high in uh, the areas that measure uh, psychopathy, sadism, and aggression. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, in fact, they write, an affinity for bitter foods was a better predictor of personality than any other taste. So, the fact that I'm sitting here drinking a... This one's not so bitter. Uh, maybe a little bit of a sour finish. Uh, John said it got better as it went along. I actually kind of disagree. I liked it just slightly colder. Um, not that this was extraordinarily cold when I started it, but... Uh, the coconut's still on the nose, but I'm getting more of a sour note as it goes Ooh, along. Pardon me. All right, hang on. I gotta go grab a battery. <laughs> That's okay. I can carry the show by myself. Stupid battery. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, pretty much all they determined was that bitter foods make you a psychopath. Uh, it was, and it was more accurate to predict that than it was to predict any other uh, trait based on taste versus personality. Um, so if you like coffee and IPAs, there's a good chance uh, there's a reason for that. Self-hatred might, might go along with that. 500 people taking a survey is not science. Uh, yes and no, because 500 people taking a survey, as long as it's a proper cross-section, uh, and they control for the various things that need to be controlled for, can be actually pretty flippin' accurate, and I think it would surprise you. Uh, a survey of 500 people surveyed in a random location about who they voted for for president may not be accurate, because that depends on geography, you know, there's a lot more things that that cater into those things in a study. But medically, you can actually get to a point as long as you take proper variables into account. 500 people gets you a lot of a lot of different information. Uh, is it bitter food makes you psycho or you're psycho because you eat them? Or you're psycho and you eat them? Uh, right. Uh, so... It, this is one of those areas where causality or uh, uh, correlation does not necessarily imply causality. Uh, what that means is just because I like bitter foods doesn't mean I'm psycho, or just because I'm psycho does that mean that I like bitter foods? Well, it's a it's a chicken and the egg thing. Uh, yeah, the controls are really important. Right, like I'm no scientist. Like that—that's not my brain. I'm—I'm I'm not a scientist. Um, I just do funny things on YouTube. Uh, uh, and although the study makes for a good case for correlation between dark personalities and preference for bitter flavors, it doesn't provide any information about what might cause that preference. Is a biology or psychology or both? So they actually did kind of answer that question. Uh, as they don't know if it's the uh, the psycho that makes you like bitter foods because you hate yourself, or you like mm -hmm. you you're psycho and you happen to like bitter foods, or bitter what? foods made you psycho. They don't know. John, are you back yet? Do you have a do you have a webcam on your on your laptop? Like <laughs> John hurting himself? It sounds like it. John says he's not psycho, but uh, sadism was actually included in this list. So uh, uh, psychopathy, sadism, and aggression for people who like bitter things. 
And here's John hurting himself in the background. Maybe we need to ask him some questions when he gets back on. I usually start the show with how you're doing, and I didn't do that tonight. So maybe I, I need to ask John how he's doing. Now I hear things sliding around, like there's furniture being moved. Oh, we're getting serious now. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch. Not the Switch Pro that Inside Leakers say is coming in July. Uh, which Inside Leakers have said that's coming for like almost over a year now. Uh, rather, the Nintendo Switch that we ended up getting, which was the, hey, John's back. Which was the Nintendo Switch with OLED. Uh, yeah, there it is. Hey, John's back. Hey, I'm back. That's uh, a different camera angle. What'd you do? Uh, I was adjusting the battery, so. Okay. So just wherever it lands is cool. Wherever you? it lands, it's cool. There we go. Something like that. All right. That works. That works. Uh, so let's talk about the new Nintendo Nintendo Switch. Oh, does it does it play in 4K? No. Wait. Uh, does it uh, uh, have a, a better graphics? It, it, does it have better battery life? Also, no. And no. Uh, uh, wait, well, what does it do? It has an OLED screen. Okay. Oh, and it's $50 more. Is it, is it bigger? No. Uh, is it coming cool colors? Also, no. Uh, uh, New software. Bluetooth, Bluetooth capable. Ooh, ooh. You can use Bluetooth headphones now. Actually, I don't think you can. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, that, that's an official spec. You can use oh, Bluetooth headphones okay. now. Okay, so there we go. Uh, cool. On the Switch there OLED. Uh, Available so. October 8th. <laughs> it's a reaction from the beer and the article. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um... Well, everyone was expecting the the Switch 4K to come out. It was supposed Switch to be, Pro, know, right? The Switch Pro, the 4K, you know, or, or 2K, whatever, you know, two 720p, uh, 60 frames per second. Give me something like that. At least when it's in docking mode. No, what we got was I don't even think a half inch bigger screen. It was I think it's like a 0.4 inches bigger. It goes from like a 6.8 to like a 7.01. Right. They made the bezel slightly smaller. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a better screen. Well, what about the frame rate and the resolution? That, that's the same. It's <laughs> we didn't change 720. We didn't change a damn thing. Uh, what what are the best thing we did? We listened to consumers. We changed the kickstand. Yeah, instead of the little flimsy kickstand, it's now got a full-length kickstand that'll yeah, that'll actually went, hold it up. They went with like the Surface Two uh, style, like yeah. two, three clicks or whatever. Yeah, and, the fifty-fifty kickstand with three clicks of adjustability. Yeah. So, yay! Uh, it's and it's still the exact same controllers. So they <laughs> Emma just asked, did they fix the Joy Cons? Yeah. No. no. No, they didn't. <laughs> so you're still going to get your drifting issues, which I'm on my second controller to fix for that. right Are now. Are you? 
Yeah. I'm still on my originals, believe it or not. No, I, I'm on a second, but I, I've been repairing them. And yeah. the repairs are, obviously the quality of those are horrible too. Yeah. But I, I haven't had to repair mine yet. Like I'm, I'm looking for any wood I can knock on right now because yeah. I am on my original Joy-Cons. No, yeah, from I mean, like I, three years ago. Yeah, I bought I bought first first edition Switch. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I have an original edition too, although it was a later model original Switch. Um, uh, and by that I mean we were already well well a year into production. Oh yeah, I think I bought one like first or two a year or well like into that. production, shall we say? Um, because uh, I bought it specifically to go to PAX, uh, in case I wanted to do game reviews. Um, because yeah. I. This is back in 2018. I really didn't know what direction I wanted to take the channel in at that point. Um, and now I'm wearing this hat. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't know if I wanted to like lean into game reviews or do something like that. Uh, it's still something I may end up swiveling towards, but on a second channel. Stay tuned. Uh, but yes, uh, I bought a Switch specifically for if I wanted to do game reviews at PAX, and we had a number of different people that we met with at PAX that were releasing Switch games because it was the hot thing to do in 2018, I need to be able to play them. Yeah. So I bought a Switch specifically to take on that trip. So, yeah, and I like, I still like the Switch for what it is. Mm -hmm. I still oh, really love enjoy the it. it. It's not a console crusher. But it is essentially the best portable gaming system on a budget that you will ever find. Yeah. To date. Uh, and the games are, are really good games. Oh, you said so. on a budget. Because I was going to say my GPD Win 3 is a hell of an experience. I, said, I, said, I, said, <laughs> I know what he's going to say. But I said, no, on a budget. Yeah. So, But yeah, so $50 more, you get uh, a little bit better screen with a maybe a little bit brighter because the OLED is probably a little bit brighter. Yep. Um I don't remember what else is that the kickstand, a little bit better battery life. No, the battery life's the same, they stated. Same controllers. It's a white looking thing. I guess the docking station has a proper Ethernet uh, mm -hmm. or, or or you know has a proper port for um internet. Something uh like that. 2011 called it's PS Vita. How yeah. are you? <laughs> OLED screen, Ethernet to a handheld? How dare you? Mm -hmm. Innovators. Innovators in 2021, Nintendo is. Gosh, I mean, it really seemed like they were just like, we have to push something out now. Okay, what do we have? You know? Um, I did see one very interesting take on this release. And that is that maybe Nintendo fully intended on releasing a Switch Pro in July of 2021. However, they encountered the same backorder, silicon, high demand, low availability that everyone else did. And so they needed to do something to kind of reinvigorate sales because we're mid-cycle on the Nintendo Switch. It, it's been out for four years now. Yeah. Y you've put out the Switch Lite to pretty good reception, but it's a $200 handheld versus like what money could we be making if we had a better handheld? Um, we can't do much. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here mid cycle. What if we took the same chassis and engineered it to hold an OLED? 
It's an upgrade. I know, but I, right? I, don't, I don't. Yeah, if that truly is the way that they were going to go, I don't know then what the next step will be. You're either going to get well. The next step in, is Switch Pro with 4K graphics and like. But then, but then, yeah. But how soon do you release that? Do you release that within the next year? Like, oh, you know, 12 months after now. Then you're going to get crushing. This one was a complete disaster and a waste of everyone's time. Um, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa! How many, how many different Game Boy Special Editions have we seen released? Uh, different variants of the Game Boy SP with one with an IPS display and a brighter backlight, and then we've got some special edition handhelds that have some different paint on the casing, and like, I get it, I get it, but. There, there is a certain thing to say of enticing new people to the space that haven't been there before. And I think OLED might be one of the ways to do that. Now, it wasn't the, the 4K docked 1080p mobile gaming experience that kind of all of us who have already had a Switch for four years really or wanted. Really want, yeah, we wanted something 1080p, 60 frames per second. And at least 60 frames per second and, you know, like 2K when you docked it. Something like that. Right. Give me that. Right. It's not unheard of. Right. But this is running on essentially a Tegra X1. And if number one, NVIDIA isn't ready to publish the next version of that chip, which could very well be possible because they want to push ray tracing on, on Nintendo Switch or some BS like that. Uh or simply stated that they didn't have the fab space available to produce them in good enough numbers to, you know, validate a release. But you need to boost sales because they're kind of dwindling because, well, everyone already has a Switch and everyone who's already bought a second Switch for their two kids has already bought a second Switch for the two kids. Where's the incentive to upgrade? Where's the incentive to buy a new one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, this uh, feels like a mid like a mid-life cycle move that is not exciting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's even a mid-life cycle move because it seems that, like you said, been four years, and usually it's four to five years that a new console. Now, the Switch Pro won't be a new console. It's going to be the exact same console with just better resolution, essentially. And they're not going to be giving us anything better and so what are they going to do release mario odyssey 2 as the 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 title game for it where this one is they're pushing out metroid and that's a, i think isn't it a third person developer made this and it's basically just an indie run and shoot type game uh, kinda um, I mean, I'm, I'm still gonna I, honestly i'm probably still gonna get it i'm a huge metroid right. fan and i'm kind of really happy they went <laughs> like that. you're not gonna buy a nintendo yeah, first party exactly game. exactly but they if you i have the, i have mario versus uh raving rabbits oh see i didn't buy that one and it's genuinely fun is it, it it's a strategy mario game and yes, I didn't think any of that was possible. It's actually legitimately a good time. Where, where there's, they're coming out with a second one now. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, I saw that and I went, oh, crap. You know, you know so I just got <laughs> There goes Mario. 40 bucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just bought, actually bought Mario Golf. And as stupid as it sounds, it's actually pretty fun to play because it kind of brings that tiger wood uh we aspect i really like the tiger wood in the Wii games mm -hmm. especially when they reintroduced 
the ultra sensitive Wii controllers. Yeah, the motion plus. Try, yeah. The motion plus. And so that's how they are with this one. And you have that, but then there's a couple other adventure ones. And so me and my son at least get to play uh, golf and it's, 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 it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, so as a nine-year-old, I had Mario Golf for the Game Boy. Oh, man. Like, why? <laughs> I had Mario Golf. And you know what? When you have like eight games to play, you play Mario Golf. That's true. That's true. No, I, it was, yeah, it was Tiger Woods for the Wii was the first golf game I ever bought. And it was like, okay, I actually yeah. enjoyed this game. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm thinking back to like some of the weird obscure games for the Game Boy or Game Boy Advance that I owned that I played the absolute crap out of that I probably shouldn't have and still did. Well, I will give it to Nintendo. They do produce some of those type of games. They're really well known. Now Mm -hmm. they're not going to be these big blockbuster titles that everyone's going to be going after and playing all and talking about everything you know no call of duty modern warfare whatever yeah um but it is they have that they're the family console honestly they're they're the console for the family and and especially the younger kids um and the early generation like you or i we grew up probably on nintendo you know i i was a split household i had nintendo and sega Ah, okay. Well, uh, uh, we had Sega for like three months and we're like, three buttons. This is stupid. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> ah, John, my, my... John, are you there? John. My other battery is dead. I might have to switch this to my webcam for a bit. Kind of sounds right. like it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you not have a, a battery adapter for that thing? Uh, I do. That's what's plugged into it. Is it? Yeah, and and it's it's. I guess it's draining faster than it's charging. Huh. Hang on, Weird. Uh, no, I I have a dummy battery pack that you can plug into the bottom of your camera, and you can power it off AC direct well, through the it, battery port. Oh. Yeah. It's uh. So it's it's. You the, you have it on the, micro right now. Micro micro yeah, USB. Yeah, I have it on micro. Gotcha. So, wow, how somehow it got brighter. It's a, my camera is adjusting. Yeah, actually, turn all your lights back on because back now on. you're like at 10 FPS. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, you, your camera will, it's going to suck, but just, just roll with it. Uh, what camera does John have and how do we send him a dummy battery? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get John a dummy battery because I think I still have some. Uh, John has an, what do you have? An A6100, A6300? He's not on audio. Hold on. I'll get him back. So I have never had this beer before. This is the Block 15 Love Potion number nine. Um, I don't know that I like it. I mean, make no bones about it. I'm going to drink it. But I don't know that I'm really in love with this one. And and I mean, like, 
Like, I don't know that I want to drink any of the other cans because I'm just not enjoying this one. The uh, love potion? Love potion, yeah. So I'm, I'm not digging it. It's It's been a while. Uh, it came out, love potion came out, I think... 17 or 18 because yeah. i remember it being a, a brand new thing at the tap room and block 15 trying to like upsell it to me mm -hmm. and uh i think i ended up buying it and it didn't do all that well it's wow. it's kind of flirting that line between trying to you know what it is um instead of being a, a sweet malty rich roasty stout it's a hundred percent dark chocolate and this hint of raspberry on the end. Um, so it's like, you know, when you go into like one of the C's candy shops or, or one of the fudge shops that are in the malls and whatnot. Yeah. And you get the, the orange chocolate sticks or the raspberry sticks or something like that. There's the milk chocolate one. And then there's the dark chocolate one. And you eat the milk chocolate one and you're like, oh my God, it's like heaven and sweetness, like being kissed by an angel kind of thing. And then you try the, try the dark chocolate one and it's like dark chocolate bark that might've come in contact with raspberry at some point. That's what this beer is. This is this beer is the dark chocolate version of the milk chocolate version that I wanted. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, okay. So 17, uh, I give it a 375. That's way higher than I would get. Uh, well, it was also on draft. Uh... On draft might be a little little different, but I don't know if on draft would sway me enough to to give it even a three up. Uh, yeah. Like this is like a two seven five to me. And remember, you grade a lot more generously than I do. I, okay. A lot more generously than I do. I grade generously because I know the amount of work in general putting just a semi-decent beer So you out grade there. on a curve is what you're saying. I grade, I grade on the fact that, look, this is a base beer. I'm glad they swung for it. Uh, it's, it's a miracle they even got it this far. Uh, John, John, here, here's my, my analysis for... Uh, so for those who don't know, we're talking about out of five. So five being the perfect beer ever, which I have never given. Never given one. Never given one. I've given one 4.75. I meant one or two as well. Yeah. John gives 4.0s like they're going out of style. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I use Four is admit... even reserved for like the top of the top crop for uh, me i i give fours a bit more probably than i used to yeah no. or i'd say early on on untapped like three seven five was my average and then i get i started giving everyone a bit more like about better than the quarter yeah uh bump up just for the fact that okay this i can see its place i can see some people enjoying it i may not i See what I do? I don't take it as a curve. It's also I take it as it's not maybe not my personal experience. Mm -hmm. It I can see other people because I've seen other people say personally that this is a four, and yes. it just may not work for me. That's also one of the things I hate about 
uh, is is they'll pick up like a barrel aged stout rated a one because they didn't like the barrel aged stouts. Or, I don't like, like dark beer. Yeah, and yeah. so well it's, then why okay, the well, then, are you drinking what, this one? Exactly. Right. Why did you buy that? If you don't like stouts, why did you buy a stout and rate this stout? And there's a lot of ratings that are like that. Yes. So what? Um, I, Steve and I are kind of in the same wavelength where I will read a beer description and if that beer matches the description, you get an instant three. And, and by instant three, I mean, you hit exactly what you were aiming for. Um, now if you hit exactly what you're aiming for and it's still crap, my score goes down from there because (laughs) bad flavor is a bad flavor. Um, and then up from 3.0 is, I enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. Wow, that's really good. Even a wow, I, that's really good is still a 3.75 to me. Because 4.0 and up, I think, needs to be exceptional. Ne- needs to be like, and and here here's the scale that I'll give you, okay? Where do you rate a New Holland Dragon's Milk? Oh, just I the ba- Just that. the base Dragon's Milk. Probably 4.25. 4.25. Okay. I think I think that's what I I'd probably give it that, yeah. How do you get the well, ch- ch- how do you get to the chai reserve? The chai even reserve. I I think I I I'd probably only give that one for, but I know what you're saying like something something nicer. One. Right. Like like Dragon's Milk Stout is a 4.0 to me. It's really really good. It's one of my favorite stouts. I'm chai uh but there yeah. are better versions of it, which means better rating. <laughs> but See, my part, my thought is okay. Though, look, uh, uh, let's see. Hang on, I can. I'm looking up my rating. So, it, at Dragon's Milk by itself only gets a four point oh six. Yeah, so I, I, I gave it a four, four. I gave it a three seven five, three seven five, and a four. So, so right, right in there, you know, uh, high nine, low four. But it is produced so much and it is so consistently done and well mm-hmm. done it it's a great beer for that and you have to put it in that category mm-hmm. it's not i can't rate it uh the same as um uh how uh, do you rate East island how do you rate the sandy empire stout the regular one i probably give that a I think I give that one a four, four, two, five. I think I gave it a four, two, five when I first. So ever what tried do you it. do with a four-year-old Governor's Reserve? Well, those where's cans the room spoil. to grow? They'll, those cans. Well, that's why you can become a premium member on Untapped and increase your increments by uh-huh. uh, I think like point uh, oh two. Right, but so. but but that's that's kind of my point. Is the Pirate Stout is a wonderful stout. It and is. and I think it's a solid 4.0, maybe even a 4.25. But it ain't going to get rating. no 4.75 from me because the Governor's Reserve barrel-aged rum pirate stout exists. And it is, by all accounts, better in every regard. And so, when I'm is drinking... It, is it, but, but is it, though? You can't always get the Governor's Reserve. You, you can can't. always go get the pirate stout. And the pirate stout's a good solid 4.0 beer. And yeah, so a, a good four point, and that's probably what I would give it to. But because of that, right now it sits at a three nine four. So, uh, so it, it more is, people agree with me. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying I think I think I gave it a because I haven't checked in multiple times. Oh yeah, I've I've uh, rated that yeah. one a dozen times. Yeah. Um, so I think the last time I the last time I gave it a three, gave it a three seven five. But I think, re- but relating to 
the block 15 love potion number nine. In fact, actually, when I first checked it in, I gave it a three five. Yep. Stout so. ale with chocolate and red raspberries brewed and canned at block 15 brewing Corvallis, Oregon. 7%. Um, it's a good dark beer. Um, yes, but they only make that once a year. Right. Sandy and Pirate should Stout. I, is, should I give them more points because it's once a year? No, you should give them less points because it's once a year. Because they it, they it, they only brew it once a year, so they know it's not a super popular beer. It's a seasonal mm -hmm. beer. They have longer uh, a longer time to perfect that thing uh, yeah. that beer. They could barrel age that beer. They don't. Mm -hmm. Sandy M is constantly barrel aging and testing their beers mm -hmm. just for the pirates out constantly just to have a season or year round barrel aged beer. Who has that? Yeah, uh, you that's know. true. There are very few regular Local. availability yeah. barrel aged beers. But then, but at the same time, Dragon's Milk is that nationally. Right. There's also Old Rasputin, which is a nationally available, always produced barrel-aged beer. Old Rasputin is not. It's just a strong ale. But they do have the bigger ones. That's right. Yeah. 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 But And, and those are usually year-round, too. Yeah. Um, yes. But again, look at the size of that brewery, the capacity. Right. So I, I And the, the money backing them. So when I see a small... If you saw a small company, a small tech company release some really good keyboard with a really good chassis really good uh you know keys and a really cool design but it co probably costs them more versus some asus keyboard which one is the better one now and you might have paid 120 dollars for the asus and you might have paid a hundred dollars hundred dollars you know what I, mean? I, I mean you know i'm just saying a, a company a company that produces... looks down at the keyboard that I only swapped the switches out on. <laughs> but so it, I think there are other variables. That's so that's where you and Steve and I differ. Mm -hmm. I, I do take certain aspects like if there's a prominent, you unique flavor that is supposed to be in there and I don't taste it. Um, I ding them for that. Right. If there is like, cinnamon and it's like okay it's very subtle i don't know how much cinnamon they put in there it's a very common thing uh, there there's enough flavors that should be prominent that mm -hmm. okay it's not but i still kind of taste it maybe they did it for artisanal purposes and our ask our, our views on what coconut should taste like mm -hmm. versus what they were thinking it should taste like is completely different well here's what i'll say on this beer okay Ooh. Chocolate raspberry stout, stout ale with chocolate and red and black raspberries. I taste chocolate. I taste raspberry. So like should be a three. It's a three you're, you're right off the off bat. Three off the bat. Is it a great flavor? I do like dark chocolate. I do like bitter flavors. Call me psychotic, whatever. Um, I, I do like... <laughs> those flavors. I like black licorice for crying out loud. I love black licorice. Love black licorice. Give me some absinthe any day of the week. Yeah. Um but but I'm tasting this beer and from the imagery 
and from the description and everything else, I what I'm seeing here is like velvet cake and red raspberry filling and 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 rich chocolate and sweetness want, and Valentine's like, Day and that's what yeah. I'm getting. Yes. What I'm tasting is a bad dark chocolate raspberry stick from the mall. And so so but then so then there's that- gonna there's still gonna be some people who like this. The problem is the imagery, the description, and everything else is still slightly counter to the experience overall that I'm getting and the flavors overall that I expected. Okay, so here here's a here's a thought then for you or or twist because beer is one of those few beverages that comes in both. Uh, we do get to visually see the artwork, and mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't get to because if we go to a tap room, right, we don't get to. All we do see is you a, see the name and what type of beer it is, which in this case it would say Love Potion Number Nine Raspberry Stout. That's exactly, and then and at that point. Or you stout have, with raspberry. Rather. Stout with raspberries. And at that point, too, you could even order four ounces, eight ounces, 16. Yeah. And most likely you're going to get it in, knowing you were I, mm-hmm. eight or four ounces. You know, like, oh, I want a little bit of that. I, I do a lot of flights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I go so, out, I do flights. If you saw, that's what I, yeah. Uh, if you saw that and saw that description and only had four ounces of it, what would then your opinion be? Um, If I had four ounces, but I had a chocolate raspberry stick sitting right next to it and I ate the chocolate raspberry stick, maybe this is a three five, but it had to be a milk chocolate raspberry stick to balance the bitterness of the super dark chocolate that I'm getting out of this. But but, My, my problem is this is trying to be a super rich beer but I'll go with the same analysis that a lot of people try to bring to IPAs. It's drying my mouth out more than making me making it water more. Yeah. And yeah. and so I I'm I'm looking at this beer and I'm going, oh, super sweet dessert, you know, dessert stout. Kind of not like pastry stout, but like dessert stout. Yeah. And then I'm drinking it and I'm going. Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I guess my, my point is, though, the different ratings. So how you perceive the beer, where you have it, how much you have of it can all vary. Yeah. And all of that can take a different toll on. I'm, I'm only halfway through this beer. And, and you're and not I'm, wanting it. I'm not <laughs> wanting to finish it. Well, look at that. You don't even have a head. So the, the head burned off immediately. I, I'm almost done with mine, and I at least have a little I, head. I, I even, like, uh, so this is a 14-ounce glass. And yeah. so I, I poured, like, about 12 ounces into it, gave it a nice good head. The head died almost immediately. Okay. I then took the last, you know, four ounces and, like, dumped it in and made a good show of it and whatnot. Built that head up right to the rim, and it went... Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, that's I can still malt. smell raspberry. I can that's, still smell the things that are supposed to be there. That's that's probably lack of malt, and there's probably an oil in there from the fruit that is dissipating the head. The head. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. So, like putting you know olive oil into a 
thing of boiling pasta to keep yeah. it from overflowing. Exactly. Yeah. By the no, way, I, tech tip here on, on craft computing. <laughs> Take a little teaspoon of uh, olive oil, put it in your pasta when you're boiling spaghetti, your your pot won't overflow. Yeah. The more you know. Wouldn't that be Oh, and please finish your stir fry with sesame oil. Oh. oh, yes, that's great. God, that's good. I had stir fry for lunch yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, I had I made uh, with coconut beef. rice. Ooh, yeah, that nice long rice. I made some uh, uh, homemade teriyaki sauce and then homemade uh, steak uh, teriyaki skewers. Yep, that was delicious. Yeah, no, I uh, so there's actually a local restaurant to us that makes some phenomenal teriyaki sauce, and you can buy it by the pint. And yeah. uh, and so we go down there and and we get our our sauce from them. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, no, I, I made some stir fry yesterday for lunch. That was broccoli and carrots and cabbage and, and fresh oh, peas out of our garden the, the and, good stuff. uh, and steak and, and like, oh, it was so good. So I, 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 I stir fried all of that. Got it like nice and steam hot. Um, then I added the coconut rice to it and then a little bit of teriyaki drizzle on top. Oh, oh God. It was so you good. Know, it's so weird too. I, I love uh, stir fry or a lot of Asian fresh, and then I really like it the next day too. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a, and it's like a completely different texture. Like the next day, it's more like a jambalaya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I, because st- all like if you have rice or noodle, everything's a little soggier. But it just, I still want to like just shovel it in my mouth. Yeah. To where when it's fresh, I want to take my time with it. I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. Um, and then the second day is, oh, I remember those flavors. Shovel it in. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I make a pretty mean stir fry. I'm not I'm not going to lie. So. All right. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, we have one more thing. Yes. Uh, actually, two. Because uh, I, 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 the... I didn't talk about the Sea of Thieves. I skipped it to skip oh, okay. talk about the Nintendo Switch. What? I didn't even see this one. We do have a super chat. Uh, by the way, Andrew sent one a while back, but uh, we beat him to the point, so I didn't read it. But Andrew, thank you. $5 donation. Uh, new Switch dock has a proper Ethernet port. Yes. Uh, John chimed in just before I was going to read that, so I didn't. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Uh, and Tripic uh, sends over 10 Kiwi bucks, uh, building a new office and just had management ask me, do we really need to spend $65,000 to put in servers? Can't we just use the cloud? How's your day going? Uh, better than that. Better than that, I will say. Um, ask me in a couple of weeks when I've re-enlisted myself in the MSP service because I, I recently picked up a contract. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> Ask me in a couple of weeks when I when all of the memories of why I got out of that business flood back. Did you charge them extra? You're like, uh, I'm craft computing now. You know who I am. <laughs> um, start I, tag tag all of the stuff you do with like craft computing tag. I'm I'm not gonna say this on the like, air, but I have like, a really funny anecdote. So. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in the after party. If so you want join to the it, after yeah, party. Jo- you got to join the after, which is the, on the Discord. It's an awesome channel. It's a minimum of $1. You can always do more, but it's a minimum of $1. The link is in the description below. There's literally everything. Like Jeff was, Jeff was saying earlier, there was like uh, Section 17, which has a lot of cool stuff. We have car self-trade stuff, um, 
space star photography stuff. It's really exploding. And the best part is every channel is extremely active. You ever go to the, one of those discords to where they have just a bazillion channels and you're like, I'm just going to hang out in one. And no one no. talks in any and of them. No one talks in any of them. This one. I'm a member of like everyone, 10 of those. Yeah. Everyone talks in these channels. Everyone responds. Everyone's super awesome. We probably have some of the best mods too that are ever out there. We have one rule, one rule, and that's don't be a and don't be an a, a, a butt. Don't be basically. a dork. Don't be a dork. And you're gonna get along with everyone. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has an opinion. And it's all welcome, but don't be a dork about it. And you're gonna be welcome. We have food stuff, meme stuff, uh, beer stuff, pop culture stuff, um, movies, music. It's all active all the time. It is super awesome. Literally, I will guarantee you, guarantee you right now, if you joined, you will probably get three to four highs from random people that are not mods or hosts. Just because that's how cool people are in the Discord. They want to say hi to you and want to get to know you. So, and there is the best part is the super secret after show live where you get to talk with the other co-hosts and Jeff on the live channel and we usually talk for ooh, another hour and a half or so. So, awesome Good stuff. times, it's good times. And it helps me keep the lights on around here. So literally, if you like the content you see on this channel, if you like talking heads, if you like me spending two weeks writing a 45 minute tutorial for the niche 0.1% of you who happen to have extra GPUs and server racks and want to run, you know, multiple VDI desktop instances off a single graphics card, that's my people. Those, those are my people. And so if you're into that kind of thing, if you like supporting that kind of thing and want to see that kind of home hobby grow, that's me. And so a, a dollar or two a month to you means I get to keep making content. So, oh yeah, I, I guarantee that video is going to spike so high in the next couple months. What's funny is uh, it's six out of my last 10. And so it's, it's not doing... It, terrible as far as videos go even like standard release videos go but tutorials have long burns oh, and yeah. so you don't really get initial like huge spikes with tutorials what you instead get is people going oh i'm going to bookmark this because in three weeks i'll have time to actually sit down and go through this and then they'll watch it two or three times which means like my early free nas tutorials later true nas uh those started with like 5,000 views in the first week or something like that. And then all of a sudden they've got 200,000 views on them. And it's like, when did that crack my top 20 for overall videos? But they did because yeah. it wasn't this initial burst and then they're dead and then the algorithm hates them. It was, hey, how do I install FreeNAS? And you search that and then I come up in the search results and they go, oh, that's a good tutorial. And they click on that. Yeah. So this will be the kind of thing of how do I split up a graphics card inside of yeah. Proxmox? Yeah, I'm the you, tutorial. You're the tutorial. Yeah, I, I think you're the first too. Yes. And so, yeah, no, it's gonna be one of those. One guy does it, and his friends gonna say, "How'd you do that?" They're gonna be like, "Just, just here's the link to the video that I used," mm -hmm. and that's what they're gonna do, and so on. I've and so already forth. seen it being shared, which is freaking incredible. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be a big thing, I think, especially with the the graphics cards coming down. Yeah. It's gonna be a big major one. Yes. 
even though it's long, it can be, it's going to be a good one. Yes. And long actually, it, it can be really good too. Cause you're going to get a lot of good revenue out of that, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. All right. What are the, uh, so we got sea of thieves, sea of thieves, maybe visiting monkey Island. <laughs> that's uh, that's the story <laughs> there's not much more to say is that sea of thieves maybe featuring uh monkey's island uh specifically from the pirate's life scene from lechuck's revenge no that's that's <laughs> i love monkey island yes i i am a huge fan of of that game not oh, the best series. LucasArts point-and-click adventure, but it's up there. No, oh, no, I think I think Monkey Island Three is my favorite uh, LucasArts point-and-click. That is that is my. I said my it's number up. One. I said it's up there. It's my number one. Um, I think I think we talked about this before, and it was like we all had the tops same like four or five same top four or five, just different and, order, but it was just different orders, <laughs> right. and that's all it really was. Yes. And, and uh, so, where do you have full throttle? I think I have that at like number three. Oh, we can't be friends it's, anymore. It's like it's like two or three. It's at least good it for two. It's good. It is good. It, I, I think I balanced that out with Sam and Max. Yeah, that's right. Sam and Max hit the road. Yeah. If you've got and Monkey Island one, I can take Sam and Max as two. And and I think it was Monkey Island, Sam and Max, and full throttle. That's yeah. How it went for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll accept that. And I think I think we just juggled between those three. It was yeah. something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, Grim Fandango is number four. Grim Fandango's in there. You got the dig sitting on the outside dig looking number, in. Number like like yep. it's 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 like so good, but it's like it's just not as good as the others. Well, dig was was really hard and complex and there was no humor yeah. to it. Yeah. And but it was really good puzzles. And then if I want to go even further back, Indiana Jones. Uh, I think that was like the 888, mm -hmm. 89, uh, is a really good one as well. It was one of yep. their first adaptions of uh, Oh gosh, what what was that one? Dashboard, new member. Thank you, Dashboard. There we go. Everyone go say hi. Don't make me feel like I was an idiot for saying that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on. Yeah, no, I, gosh, what were the, oh, City of Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There were a couple of different point-and-click Indiana Jones adventures. Uh, the one I remember is City of Atlantis. I think there was one more. Um, but yeah, uh, man, it's hard to go wrong with the top three. <laughs> it really no, is. I, I, think, I think any... Even though I fault you for not putting Full Throttle as number one, because uh -oh. holy crap, Full Throttle is great. Well, uh, see, like, but I so guess... is Monkey Island, and so is Sam and Max Hit the Road. Yeah, and Fate so of Atlantis. I, Thank you. Yeah, and, and yeah, I yeah, you just I I think you're fine in any order of those three. Yeah, those three are easily they can all be technically tied. If you really want to now see, I think full throttle had the benefit of being a little bit older, had a really good soundtrack. Oh, I think they really the soundtrack developed is the, so good. And they really developed 
more adult humor. It was it was just good humor. Mm-hmm. And I think they tried pushing. It was like, okay, here's some humor with Monkey Island. They really pushed it with Sam. Yeah, and Matt yeah, you, time. yeah. You click on talk, and then you go to like the dumpster, and he goes, "I'm not putting my lips on that." Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it. That's the thing. I think Sam and Max was like the Beavis and Butthead at the time. Yeah, and then uh, they they put in full throttle. Gosh, that might even predate Beavis and Butthead. Pretty sure Sam and Max at the road predates Beavis early, and Butthead. Let's see. Because Beavis and Butthead was like 95, 96. I want to say Sam and Max Hit the Road was 92. 90, 93. 93. Okay. And what's Beavis and Butthead? I want to say 95. It, it, I'll scroll down. 93. March 93. Wow. Earlier than I thought. Okay. It just says it just says 93 for Sam and Max. Okay. So really, really the same time. Same year. Same year. Color me surprised. Yeah, MS DOS 93, Mac OS 2095 uh, does not give a month. November. So Beavis and Butthead predates. Interesting. Not by much, yeah. but, uh, you know, obviously wasn't. Is probably... there anything better than the intro scene for Sam and Max hit the road, though? The <laughs> Max decapitating the, the dude and it ends up being a bomb that he throws out the window and blows up a bus with later on. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> I, I, they leave the damsel would... in distress tied up after driving their cop car through a brick wall. <laughs> so great. Ah uh, man, I love Sam and Max. Yes. Uh the the newer the sequels the what was it the, the um, Telltale games the Telltale ones. I never played any of those. I they couldn't bring okay. myself to do it because I knew they wouldn't be as good. They were good. They were good, but they weren't as good. It was a nice okay. revisit. It's an it's a it's a good homage to Sam and Max, but it's not as good. Okay, that makes me feel um, better. By the way, John Jay, thank you. John Jay is also a new member, even though he's also oh. a member of the Patreon. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked to John Jay before. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I, I think you can't go wrong. E- any order of those three, you're fine. Yeah. Um, I still judge you, to... you but, but at least you have those top three. <laughs> it's like, okay, I judge you. I respect your decision, but... You're not as good as I'm me. not even going to go that far. Like <laughs> <laughs> you have taste. Mm-hmm. It's just not as good as mine. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> My palate is more refined. Couldn't than have said it better myself. <laughs> um, and we do have one Star last track. Of course. Right. We always have to uh, end with something like that. Uh, and it's getting, Side note is, well, I think what in less than a month we get lower decks. Oh yes, that's right. I think in like three weeks lower yeah, decks. Yeah, like starts. August second, third, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's Boimler like, comes back on the Titan. Woo! Yeah, I know. So we're gonna have at least another Riker scene. Heck yeah! So if give not me more, warp in a five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> God, that was great. <laughs> Troy going, uh, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> Where do you think I get all that Romulan ale from? 
Ah, oh, God, that's a great show. <laughs> I got to go rewatch it because it's been already a year. I know. God, don't tell me that. I know, right? It's, 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 man, time flies by. I know. I, and honestly, it really feels like we, you started this show like last year. <laughs> um, yeah, we're like coming year- up on 200. Yeah, I know. It, it right. really feels like like Talking Heads was like a year and a half ago. I know. Like 191 weeks. God. Right? And you've been on half of them. Gosh. <laughs> uh. Right? Like, what are you and, doing and, with your life, John? And, and, yeah, I know. <laughs> Any new members, go check out like early episodes of Talking Heads. See how bad those were. You know what? They had their moments. They did have their moments. They there had some their fun moments. times. You you can definitely see some rough interactions between everyone and the transitions and everything like that. We were feeling our way through it. We got there though. I I, <laughs> I think we totally got there. We've we've kind of got uh, we've got our style down. We've got our mm-hmm. our rhythm. And uh, I yeah. think overall, this is a good show. It's not the yeah. best show. I think we could do better, but uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. I, I think the community that is here thoroughly enjoys what we give them. And uh, what I really like is... And if you different... don't, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> don't say anything. Just don't keep paying just... that Patreon. Yeah, just 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 keep subscribing. That's cool. <laughs> All right. We do have some Star Trek news to get to. And that yes, yes. is the often rumored but little heard from Captain Worf. Uh, so... There has been uh, a lot of talk from Michael Dorn's camp about wanting to do a Captain Worf series. And I guess Marina Sirtis, otherwise known as Deanna Troy, has now thrown her name behind it, saying, I want to see this made. Um, Now, Worf has the record for most episodes of Star Trek ever appeared in because of his seven seasons on TNG and three seasons of DS9, as well as the four uh, TNG movies. movies. Yeah. Uh, so Worf is the most seen person and character on Star Trek in all of history. Uh, who better to make a brand new series about than a Captain Worf? Oh, I just now thought of something why they won't do this. Because it's not Cisco? No, no. Give Worf the Defiant and let him just roll. No, no. I know why they won't do it. Because Captain Wesley has to come first? All because of Discovery. And they changed the makeup. That's why. That's why. You know, you're kind of right. We haven't seen a single Klingon in In Picard. uh, Picard. Yep. And that's why... We won't see war. But you know what? They don't discuss that with outsiders, John. <laughs> that is true. That is true. They, they're, they, they, in season two or three, they did start try to lean more back to the classic and kind of said what we saw in season one of Discovery were the rebels of the Klingon Empire, and they started getting their hair and mane backs <laughs> and more rigid. Um, but they still have those long, weird fingers and and spoke with weird accents and still had glitter on their faces. Um, but God, those were horrible. Whose decision yeah. was that? That was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm oh God, I would love to see a captain war. You know what? I don't even, 
I think the best we're going to get is uh, just an off-put comment in Picard of what's Worf doing? Oh, he's off gal. You know, he he's too far away. Kind of like we got from what was that episode two? Uh, from uh, not Terran, but the other the other Romulan, the male Romulan about. Uh, what about your you old crew? Your... What about LaForge, yeah. Worf, Jordy? You know, yeah. uh, and he's like, "Oh, they, I couldn't trouble them with." Yeah, exactly. And it's gonna it's be like, something. Come on. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna be something like, "Oh, Worf's on a mission right now. He he's captaining, or he's he has this fleet out somewhere." So well, basically know that we he's... know Cannon is Captain LaForge. Yes. Uh, no. No, we don't, because that was time travel. It was time travel. But we know time moves in a straight line unless it's otherwise deflected. And even if it's deflected, we'll find its own course back to the river it's supposed to belong to. And so Captain the Forge has no resistance to it. That well, then that would put the whole spin on um the the last episode of TNG, because that was in the future because Q time traveled them to the future. Right. So what type of future are we talking about? Because apparently when Q travels everyone to the future, it can be a completely timeline, completely alternate universe. Because Well, that's because no, Q no... has the infinite powers of a god and, and is omnipotent and knows all but that has been and all linear, that will be. So it, but time, time is also is... linear. And so is the is Captain LaForge more... that we saw in the future, not canon version of Star Trek Voyager where Chakotay and Kim... Uh, tried to communicate with themselves backwards in oh, time where Harry Kim receives a message from it, Harry Kim. It's still Ensign Kim at that time too. I just said Harry Kim. Yeah, I know, but it, we have to get, he was still an Ensign. It's because he was disbarred <laughs> from service for his ineptitude in creating a transwarp tunnel and killing the entire yeah. <laughs> uh, entire crew. Uh, crew of Star Trek Voyager or, or, or of the Starship Voyager, right? Yeah. Um, right, like, Yes, but so, also, but, yeah, but, but then because of that, but we, but we, but here's the deal. Did, did Harry Kim and Chicote traveling forward in the future or living out their, the rest of their lives? Because remember they made it back and the rest of the Voyager crew did not hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on, okay. Hold on, okay. Hold on. I can already disprove your theory though. Hold on. Okay. Did them making it back and the Voyager crew not alter oh, the timeline of Geordi LaForge becoming a captain? Did anything? It could it could have because because we don't know what the rest of the crew of Voyager did when they got back because any of them, Jordy could have talked to Bolana because they were both engineers and maybe something happened there because because Barkley was friends with both of them, but both with both crews so they do have a connection. Something wouldn't, could theoretically wouldn't Lieutenant because, Broccoli be the perfect chief engineer on the Forge's ship? Oh, uh, no, he would not be. Uh, he, he would not have done that. Uh, well, we know if we're I want to see time... I want to see Captain LaForge and Commander Bellana Torres. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what um, I want to see. If anything, it's going to be here. Here's what here's what uh, 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 engineer Broccoli will be is in the new Nickelodeon one. Um, uh uh what's the yeah 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 yeah. the new nicola the where they're talking about like the the young yeah the, the cartoon one the cartoon one where uh catherine janeway is supposed to be a hologram mm -hmm. if he programmed her hologram 
that's probably going to be a reference. All the, you know, something like I could see that happening. Like he programmed because he had an obsession with Voyager. But anyways, here is a disproof though. Why okay, would LaForge not be a captain? What day? would be the time? Okay, maybe, but I'm going to throw a little bit of a monkey wrench. Do you remember the star date? I, Cause I don't, uh, of, <laughs> of them. Versus the, the crux timeline. of your argument is based on my memory. That's a bad place to start. We can look, what I'm saying is we can look this up, but that star date versus the star date of say Picard, and we look at the uniforms they're wearing. Uh Jordy Jordy as a captain would predate uh Star Trek Picard. Because Jordy as a captain would only be about six to eight years in the future, whereas Star Trek Picard is twenty plus years in the future. Well, we don't know what he did after Voyager got home, though. Maybe right, he wanted, but maybe he wanted. But to does but does their... but does Voyager coming home define Jordy's career? It might change it because they had that new armor plating, and he wanted and the trans warp technology, and he might wanted to take a look at it. Right, but would that stop him from becoming a Starfleet captain, or would that be, simply pique his interest he, in commanding the he, new ship instead of the old ship? He might have been like, I want to develop this, and I want to be the one to help do this. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's like, I'm going to go be the host of Jeopardy. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, July 28th, please tune into LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy because if anyone, if any one person on this planet deserves to take over for Alex Trebek, it is LeVar Burton. Oh yeah. Who doesn't want Reading Rainbow being the host of Jeopardy? Who doesn't want the man who taught all of you how to read to be yeah. the man who quizzes you about random facts 25, 30 years later? I even read like, an article like holy one crap. Of the most anticipated uh hosts. And they're like, people are shocked. They're like, and they're, who is LeVar Ball? It's like, what are you talking about? Right. Oh, this guy's amazing. He's the only literally he his fans forced him on there. There was a petition, it was the largest petition yeah. to Meanwhile, get him on there. Meanwhile, NBC or is it CBS that has I it's ABC? No, it's not ABC. It's either AB, it's either CBS or NBC. I think it's CBS. Meanwhile, that that uh, I'm pretty sure it's CBS. They're they're like. Uh, in the meantime, Joe Buck, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. <laughs> I guess Aaron Rodgers is like the the like third runner up. Yeah, actually. yeah. Which is like uh, what? Although my my only reason I know that is because my wife's a the huge last Bay thing fan. that I want to hear is Joe Buck on Jeopardy. Well, they had uh, what's her face, um, one of the stars from like The Big Bang Theory. They're yeah, like, what are you doing? You're an actress. What, what, what like, are you doing? They've here? had a bunch of people on there, and and there's always a difference between someone just reading a script that they're given and someone having a genuine getting genuine inspiration and and invigoration from the idea of learning yeah and, and you also have to have a charisma you have to be used to being in front of the camera and talking right. and like, while and while i'm just going to throw this out there while joe buck is used to being in front of the camera he's also used to pandering in front of a camera whereas lavar burton genuinely enjoys learning yeah, well, you have you have multiple things. You have a guy that was able to script, do script acting, and I keep wanting to make inappropriate jokes on account of Joe Buck, and I have censored <laughs> myself to this point. 
Oh, we're past ten. So, uh, something, something. <laughs> Joe Buck and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> not a green bay fan are you <laughs> why wife's a huge green bay fan so brett Favre. Um, brett Favre is the greatest player in the world <laughs> they could put a they could cut off both brett farms arms arms and both his legs he'd still be the best torso in football <laughs> i mean there was there was one game he came back with like a broken rib and and it was like 22 points down and after I, halftime and won the game i know there's also been like not a face mask and he gets an extra shot and yeah oh yeah uh <laughs> oh i mean same can be said for uh <clears throat> brady um whatever mm -hmm. not saying the guy not saying either of them are not super talented I mean, you, you I'm not saying Joe Buck is not a talented sportscaster. What I'm saying is I don't want to see Joe Buck hosting Jeopardy. Yes. What I'm saying is if any one person deserves to host Jeopardy, it's freaking LeVar Burton. Uh, I'm betting it's going. What was like? What was like the number one guy who won Jeopardy the most? It's probably uh, Jennings. To, yeah, it's going to be up to him and I bet Burton. Yeah, I bet that's going to be the, the two. Yeah. Ken, Ken Jennings and LeVar Burton. And I bet they're going to give it to Ken Jennings. That's just my bet because it'll just be like, oh, that's why we gave it to him because he was mm -hmm. the number one. And, you know, and yeah. so if you're if you're the number one contestant in Jeopardy, you too could someday be the host. You know, <laughs> uh, if you win enough here and steal enough of our money, but that's you still host crap. It. I mean, but I mean, I know, I, I know Ken Jennings go. has clout. But so does LeVar Burton, and LeVar Burton's I, uh, got 30-plus years of clout. Oh, yeah. And... Well, I mean, but the thing is, though, you have the the people, it, it's, it's, the problem is, is he has 30-plus years of clout, but it's older clout, and you don't have anything modern to where the other guy has technically Jeopardy fans. He has something to stand on. He's a familiar but, face. But think about the people that they're trying to get into Jeopardy now are the people that are like you're in my age or even better steve's age yeah you know i mean there it i the boomers I said, are dead long live the 80s that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> well even Le levar burton was more in the late 80s early 90s you know right was there was the real peak of the reading rainbow i mean because he was reading rainbow before star trek wasn't he uh simultaneously was he okay. yes uh i want to say reading rainbow 84 star trek 85 like it was it was back to back yeah. one way or the other um but you also remember that he 83 83 83 okay yeah 83 so um see so yeah, 85 tng 83 so 83 two, reading two rainbow years, yeah what so was it 81 or 79 roots so yeah. i mean but yeah so 83 to 99 yeah 21 seasons yeah 21 seasons across 16 years yeah if so, there's if there's anyone more qualified than lavar than yeah than lavar yeah. i want to know and don't so. tell me brent spiner because i've seen him on television oh yeah no yeah no i i most of the people most of the co-hosts were just pure we need to bump ratings and we're, we're drawing a crowd you know that's like 
celebrity big brother or blah mm-hmm. you know so, something celebrity this something celebrity that reality tv show and, what's and, richard doing from survivor these days i wonder yeah you know whatever he was he was the third runner up on the the cooking show from seven seasons ago one big brother seven here it is yeah <laughs> you know like who cares you know the yeah. cast of uh <laughs> The sound guy from the cast of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, so, who is that? Uh, Novella Hub. It is hard to believe that LeVar Burton is 64 years old now. Uh, this will throw your mind for a loop. Uh, will Wheaton is older than Jean-Luc Picard was on TV in 1985 when he debuted. Oh, my. Well, man, I don't know if that's a dig on <laughs> It's a little bit of both. Sir Patrick Stewart or right. Will Wheaton. Uh, Will Wheaton's almost 50. Speaking of Will Wheaton, uh, a little bit of beer news. Uh, the new Woostout. Actually, we oh, Woostout. Yes. Woostout's coming and first time going to be in a six pack of 12 ounces. Oh. So you'll be able to buy a nice 12 ounce bottle. I think that's a first. Yeah, instead of a, instead of 416s, so, you'll be able to do and, six 12s. Yeah. I like that. So I like that so decision that is, for that is what is usually a heavy stout. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what the Woo Stout is, that is a Will Wheaton and Stone Brewing collaboration. Uh, it's usually a pecan bourbon barrel, uh, half bourbon barrel aged. Mm-hmm. They do it for like six months or something. Or no, I think they blend it. So like half the batch what, is blended. What they do is they they age half of it in in bourbon or in in bourbon barrels with pecan for six months. Yeah. And then they do a collaboration with someone else and they blend those together. Yeah. And so, so the collaboration may be barrel aged. It may not be, but at least the stone collaboration piece of it is bourbon barrel aged with pecan. So that's coming out. I think it's going to be available really soon, but I remember seeing that. But yeah, that's usually we, August 1st is, is when that releases. Something like that. Yeah. We don't usually talk beer release because it's just, it's not really It's news. another beer. Right. It's just another beer. But for just for Will Wheaton's sake, and it's been around forever. But this is Woot Stout. But this is Woot Stout. Right. Mother Woot Stout. Woot Stout. Right. I got to get Will Wheaton on the show eventually. <laughs> if, if I had a talking head's goal, it is to get Will Wheaton on my show. Oh, you know I'd jump in on that. I know. No, I, <laughs> I, I need I, to I, get I, Will Wheaton as a guest. And at the end, shut up, Wesley. Bye. See you guys later. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Yes. And I have to say this one time. Shut up, Wesley. And that's all we have for episode 227 of Talking Heads. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Perfect. I need Will Wheaton on the show. Now it's official. I have to have him. If you know him. Yeah. I know he likes beer, so maybe he'll even come on my show. There you go. There we go. Or or I'll just like head over there and, and like force him to be like. I could hey, probably you, you. I could probably tweet at his wife because he's not on Twitter. He he doesn't have a lot of social media because everyone wants to tweet at him. But something tells me that I might be able to get the attention of his wife, who I do follow on Twitter and Wheaton. Um and like I want Will to be on a podcast of mine. Uh, which has a Star Trek theme and we drink craft beer. Like, is that not a podcast that he would join? Oh, yeah, I know. So, especially if we did, oh, you know what would be, well, we probably couldn't do it before Picard. 
uh, man, how awesome could we do it during like Picard season two where we talk? You know, oh hell, if week. I can get him on for a spoiler cast, holy oh, shit! Oh god, now that he yeah, that would be awesome. Oh. That's the ultimate one right there. Uh, I usually am able to keep my fanboy down. I don't know if I could. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'd be busting out. You'd probably be busting out all your props, and then, <laughs> and then I have somehow, all your action figures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then somehow like we'd get into another argument of how DS Nine is you think is better than TNG, and then that's how I'll become Will's best friend. It's like no, 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 TNG is way better, <laughs> and and then he'll come on my show because of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get a guest appearance by by Will Wheaton on, well, on Will Wheaton Just Just because of that, because it's like, oh yeah, TNG's the best. Yeah. Will, you inspired me. To, <laughs> I'll, I'll fake it. I'll just be like, yeah, you inspired me to drink beer. People need I, to start I, tweeting out, uh, Will Wheaton needs to be on Talking Heads. Yes. Like, I yes. want that to trend. Make I, that a hashtag. Yes. Check out my Batleth. You know I got one. <laughs> Check out my Doc Tog. It's how I do all my unboxings. There you go. Uh, anyway, right, 1020. 10 it is time to call this one. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 191 here on Talking Heads. It has been a heck of a good time. If you like this channel and want to support it, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like the beer content that we have on this channel. And if you want to join the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party and help keep the lights on around here, think about joining the Patreon or Float Plane. Links are both down in the video description. For a dollar a month, you can get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the conversation going all week long. This has been an awesome show. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, pick us up on the podcast, on Ingar.fm, if you haven't done so already. And as always, we will see you next Wednesday night here at ABM Pacific Time on Craft Computing for the latest in beer and tech news. See you guys. <laughs>